And we're back. I know. It seems like it's been a week. I know. I know. So welcome yeah. back to Rain City Supercars, brought to you by Haggerty, broadcasting live from Drivers Club, Club, and thank you to Rainier for the yeah. <laughs> libations. And in front of a live studio audience. Live studio, live studio audience. It's dwindling, but we got we got one goofy looking. <laughs> <laughs> so. But Peter, um, like we said last week, we want to delve into your car collection and your love of BMW. And I think that goes back to some of the things we were talking about in the previous episode of, of sneaking into Brands Hatch and seeing BMW race there, right? Yep, okay. exactly. Yeah, that okay. was that was definitely uh, a, a memory that stuck with me forever. Yeah. And, B- and you, you, you've really attached yourself to BMW. Like many collectors attach themselves to Ferrari, many, you know, Lamborghini, things like that, Aston Martin. But BMW has always been your brand, kind of. <laughs> It has. I mean, I you know, back home in England, I love driving the cars. Uh, you know, when I started collecting, there was always BMWs in the collection, and it, and it was a, it, it was sort of an awakening moment at one stage. Although I was acquiring them, and you know, and acquiring many cars, I, I sort of decided I didn't have a theme, and I decided that what was what was going to be the theme of my collection, just not, a cars, and. It seemed obvious to me that it was it was the BMW motorsport thing, and I initially went along collecting as many street cars as I could, uh, important street cars, or what I considered important. And um, the rest of the world thinks they're important too. Don't okay. worry. Well, yeah. you're very yeah, kind. Yeah, exactly. You're very kind. Yeah. And then um, and then the the race cars became a natural, you know. But but like many people in business, one of the important things about it is to find the world experts and wrap yourself around the world experts and gather as much information as you as you can on them. And over the years I've done that and even travelled to Munich and gathered together the mechanics that worked on the cars in the day and spoke, you know, spoken to them and, uh, and that. And, you know, just gathering all that history and information. And then, you know, by, I don't know if it's by chance or, or, or actively aimed at it, suddenly you become that guy. You become one of the guys that people talk to about it. Whereas... I initially went out and found the experts myself, but then gathering them together and trying to herd them like cats because they're all they're all very protective of their information. Not the engineers, but the guys who are experts in that that early motorsport era because it's valuable to them. Well, and that yeah. knowledge needs to be passed down, and they want to pass it down to the right people. And exactly. You didn't know what you didn't know, and then you went out and found it. Now you're the expert kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> well, but I'll certainly I, I know where to get the answer if I don't exactly. know it myself. <laughs> yeah. I find so. that to be a, the case with a lot of experts. Is A lot of being an expert is knowing where to get the answer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And admitting it's when you don't know it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that, but I will find it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. E- exactly. Well, I mean, one of the stories I know we want to start with is uh, one of your recent purchases, one of the original BMW Alpina. Yeah, correct. It was uh, yeah, it's an Alpina two double O two Ti. But what's it's quite funny because the a uh, couple of years ago Alpina had their fiftieth anniversary, and the a Swedish guy owned it. A Swedish guy is a friend of mine, and they insisted upon it being there, so they paid all the expenses and shipped it to Alpina and had it there as the centre of the thing because it's the earliest Alpina works car in the world. But it, you know, I have to qualify that. So in nineteen sixty eight. Boven Seppen, who's Alpina, uh, went to his mechanic, Linker, and said to Linker, I want you to make me a race car. So they picked a second-hand car. He made it a race car. Now, anybody who knew Linker knew that he was a rally car guy. So Boven Seppen took the car out on the track and went, that's not a race car, it's a rally car. And he went, <laughs> I'm a rally car guy. Yeah. So he did that. So in December 68, uh, Boven Seppen went to the head of BMW sales and said, look, I want to order four works cars, and I want a fifth car for the street for myself. So it went out, and they got 
five cars which were going to be manufactured in February and they sent Linker to the production line to say don't put that on, don't put that on, don't bother with that, don't bother with that, don't need that. And so they had four, the very first four works cars. Of the very first four works cars, two were destroyed in 69, so we know they're gone. One has never been seen since. One, the, the particular one I've got, was they used it for the, all the 69 season in 1970, or the end of 69, they sold it to an Englishman who used it six times in 1970. He then put it in a shed and forgot about it. Not forgot about it, but didn't, yeah. get, didn't get touched. It then got found by an English friend of mine about seven years ago. And he, our, our buddy in Sweden, who's, who is an expert on CSLs, he badly wanted it. He let him have it on the condition that he didn't restore it. So it is everything is as it raced in 69 and 70 except it's had paint on the hood and the engine bay that's it so this is just a time warp i mean it is just unbelievable so it's not perfect but it's you know you would never restore this car and like you said Alpine alpina is now 50 years old they're still making cars and i mean and for our listeners that don't quite understand what alpina is um alpina starts with a bmw and then it goes to alpina and then they put their touches on it yeah. correct okay yeah it, it does because we have a friend that has a b a, a b7 um yeah is it right dan it's yeah. a yeah b7, seven, b7 yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful car yeah yeah, yeah. I've got a B7 S Turbo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. The, yeah. the E24, you okay. know, the, the 6 Series, which they only made 30 of them. And um, there's only two in the US. But that's been part of the collection is trying to find, to have the car rather than a car. And I hope that don't sound conceited. But no, that's not great. It, it took me years to get there. And You're I've, meticulous about your collection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I've had to own, I've owned placeholders along the way. So I've owned M6s and I've owned quite a few M6s, but eventually I got to the B7S Turbo, which is the highest brake horsepower. It's the rarest of a rare. It's the one with the, the plaid interior. You yes. Know, like very, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it does that. And um, no, in doing that, but Alpina actually was a typewriter company. Really? Did not know yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Alpina was a typewriter company, and then Bovensep, the the the, the Burkhard, was um, he decided he wanted to uprate cars, and he drove Fiats and he drove BMWs, and he decided that BMWs is what he could work with. So from 1963 to 1968, they were just adding bits to cars, and then from that that 68 to 69 bit, I've just explained to you. So the first factory works cars were in february 69 ah, okay. so it was only then that they started making race, race cars and then they only raced for less than a decade and they won many championships and they won a hell of a lot of things and then they just went back to doing bits and then you know by the 80s bmw themselves had recognized what they was doing and started bringing them in and now you can go to a bmw dealer and buy an alpina because I think Al Alpina and Dynan are the only companies that BMWs have ever worked with like that, right? Yeah, but Alpina is very different now. They're different. I mean, they're, they're different, different now. Different. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, if you had a Dynan in Europe, no one would know what it was. Yeah. It, it just, it's a very American phenomenon. Oh, yeah. 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 It's very, it, yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. is. But, 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 and good luck, you know, it's, uh, it, it, they do it. But no, Alpina now, you buy a brand new Alpina in the, in the showroom and it's just an yeah, awesome car, car. Yeah, so that that car bmw want to own that car alpina want to own but the swedish guy it, it was a part of having my collection as well the call was to me and he said pete this should be in your collection uh he said they want it i've said they can't have it because i don't want to see it locked away and um and that was it the only rule was he had to tell them where it went so they know where it is 
Because BMW or Alpina? Alpina. Oh, okay. Alpina want to know where that car yeah, is. Yeah, that's Because it's their earliest. It's car. their history. Yeah. 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 So I was, you know, I'm extremely excited to have that in the collection. Well, it sits next to one of the things with the collection is the the best street car and the best race car I can find in the motorsport cars, and. I, I'm, I've got a 2002 turbo chassis number one, the first ever European production turbo car ever made. So wow. that will sit next to the, so you've got 2002 Ti race car, first Alpina car, and then you've got the first ever turbo next to it. That's another one BMW want as well. So it's like, well, I'm detecting a theme in your collection of this is something they want and can't have. Yeah. Well, yeah. they, they they say to me they know where they are. The best, the, the best, the, the the turbo. No, they don't because nobody knows where your garage is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, just you, yeah, Nick. Yeah, just you. Just me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. But don't take it personal. No, it's, no, I, no. I won't. <laughs> so the um, if you write to BM, if you write to a manufacturer, well, I, I can particularly talk about BMW, and you give them the chassis number. It's four two nine zero 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 one, and my wife calls me a geek, but. Come no. on, if you own these cars, you know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an enthusiast. Well, normally when you, you also know your children's birthday, so it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> Anniversary. Not Something. Yeah, Something yeah, yeah, along yeah, this yeah, time, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Um, if you write to BMW and say, you know, what, it, when, when was this car manufactured, whatever, they'll tell you the date, the engine number, the colour, when it left, who it was first delivered to. That's normally what they say. When we wrote to them and said, tell us about 4290001, they said, you know, it's an important car. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. We're not falling for this again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so doing that. So, no, that's very much, and the theme has sort of, it, it, it's morphed. It's become a theme within a theme. So it's BMW Motorsport, but now it's the most important street car and the most important race car I can find from each of the series. That's super cool. I didn't know you had the 2002 Turbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I'm going to screw up the badging on this, but the next car I really want to talk about is the Batmobile, not 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 Batman's Batmobile, no, but no, the no, BMW, no. the blue one, the blue yes. one. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, the, the the Batmobile is a great story on how to, how I built the collection. So, in I've always had placeholders, and the problem is you can't you can't always buy the the best one or whatever. So. I've there's 110 series one Batmobiles. There's 57 series two Batmobiles. In the 110 Series 1, I've owned, in all, I've owned nine Batmobiles to get to that blue car. And, and wow. what is the actual badge numbers? Well, there, it's a... 3.0 CSL. CSL, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm correct. I'm yeah, make yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah. And there was, you know, I could bore you with the statistics there, you know. So no. The, the doing it. But the, um, the it, so the, of the... It, it, the 57 Series 2 Batmobiles is when they come along and put strengthening in that rear wing and sat on it uh, uh, so that, you know, when they went around the track, it didn't bend and bend the trunk. Um, the blue car was, it literally has every single piece of paper from day dot. For even the original salesman's card, the original manager of the store's card. The car was used in a bank robbery in 1979. Think about <laughs> what idiot used that car as a getaway <laughs> car. But you know what? They never got Describe the car. Was it a Buick? <laughs> yeah. Not really. Yeah. But you got to remember it was in Germany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was in Germany. Still. So, yeah, and <laughs> and um, it's got phenomenal history. But the BMW actually in Germany used to use it all the time at shows and everything. And eventually that was uh, another one where I got the call. The guy's two daughters were going to university and he wanted to free up some money. And 
once he sort of told me that I stuck close to him and, and got it. It's the only E9 ever to appear on the lawn at Pebble Beach. It comes second in the BMW class in 2016. Wow. So for a, a CSL to be on the lawn at Pebble Beach in that company is... Uh, and, and there's there's a couple of those in this area too. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a silver one. Yeah, there's a silver one. Yeah, there's another I mean, guy's got a silver but one. But again, shows to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some yeah. of the rarest cars in the world. <laughs> exactly, yeah, so. yeah. No, I do that. But I love the Batmobile. It's hilarious. It's fun. Oh, it's it, gorgeous. I mean, it, yeah, it, I, it's I the like epitome it. in my mind between, you know, original 2000. Two, two double, how do you say it? Two, whatever, two, whatever way you want to say. Two thousand two, yeah. go for it. That and the <laughs> Batmobile. I just, I mean, especially when you you show up to exotics with it. But it's just one of those cars that's kind of iconic in my mind. Between that, you know, the two thousand two and the next store I want to go into, the M one. Yeah, yeah. You know, which one? Yeah, yeah which <laughs> yeah, one? Exactly. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Let's fair take enough. a quick break. When yeah. we come back, we will yeah. dive into the M one, not the one M, the M one. Yeah. Oh, please don't do that. Yeah, please, <laughs> please don't. don't do please that. don't do that. We'll be right back. Yeah. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. And we're back. And where we left off, we were talking to Peter about his M1. Yep. And not, which is not a 1M. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> I believe yeah, it's exactly. the, the last thing he said. Yeah. yeah. I knew we should have cut that bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It does that. Yeah. yeah. I, sadly, uh, CSLs and M1s are my sweet spot. And, um, you know, it, 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 uh, acquiring over the years, I, I, you know, wanted, as I said, the best race car and the best street car I can find. Um, the, uh, the the race car, I used to own the BASF car, you know, which have yeah. the red and white stripes yep. and that. And um, But I love art and I love cars. And the absolute dream, the pinnacle for me would have been one of the BMW factory art cars well they're never going to let them go you know that so let's get let's give our listeners a little bit of backstory on that for people that don't know um yep. how did those become did, did, did bmw go out to the artists and have them paint them or was it something no, outside of a, a guy uh herve pauline if i said that right i don't know anyway he, he he said the bmw in 1975 there'd be a great idea to have a great artist paint a car and have the car race at le mans uh which they did they did with a calder car the 3.0 csl and then um, in 76, they had Frank Stella paint a car, and he'd done that graphic design on it, the CSL. And uh, and then they had Andy Warhol. And, you know, the list of... I mean, the first three artists were extremely strong. Uh, <laughs> Where do we go from here? I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Well, it, you know, it, I know that BMW insured that Warhol car for like $100 million when it travels. Yeah. So who knows what it'd be worth if ever it sold, but it certainly would be worth a lot of money. So... They own, and they've now, it's now, I think they're at 19. Uh, they've done 19 art cars, and they own every single one of them, and they'll never sell them, and they're, they're the best marketing exercise in the world because it costs them nothing. They pay for the artists to go over, and, and over the years, they, they've chosen artists. Well, for their 100 years in 2016, they actually done two. So they, they picked two artists, one from the old world, Baldoresi, and another one, a, a Chinese artist from the new world coming in. So 
they've got all them but there's only one car that's ever been with them that's in the books of them that's described as an art car in private hands and that's the particular one i've got done by frank stella it was a car it, it, it's got a, a ton of interest in history some of it really really quite sad so then 19 in august 78 I'm going to be a geek here, so you'll have to forgive me, guys. Please cut me off. We're, we're, we are thankful. <laughs> Can you see? That we're waiting. Yeah, we're yeah. Like, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh. So in August 78, um, Peter Gregg, the great American racer, and look up his history if you want to know it, but, you know, he was called Peter Perfect for a reason. He writes to Jochen Niersbeck, the head of BMW Motorsport, and says, I want one of the new M1s. I want it to have two seats passenger seat exactly the same as driver's seat i want to have black watch tartan on it which he had in all his cars and so he orders that in august 78 the car's not going to be delivered till 79 he wants one of the pro cars the race cars he then in september goes to monza with it's a peter Gregg goes with his great friend frank stella to watch their other friend ronnie peterson race and ronnie peterson dies at the start of that race so in memory of Ronnie Peterson, they actually hatched up the idea that when the M1 Pro Car arrived, they was going to paint it in memory of Ronnie Peterson. So the series of artwork is called Polar Coordinates, but the first Frank Stella ever Polar Coordinates car uh, painting is this car. car. So he did that. Then, unfortunately, Peter Gregg ended up in a car accident and ended up with double vision. And he pulled up at the side of the road in Jacksonville, Florida, where he was from, and put a gun to his head because he couldn't stand the fact he couldn't race anymore. He, he wouldn't be allowed to race anymore. So then the car stayed with his wife for, you know, best part of 10 years. Then it was sold to a lawyer in New York who donated it to the Guggenheim. And the Guggenheim owned it for another dozen years. And then, I mean, which is great provenance. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it, doing <laughs> if that. If they yeah. want it, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, and then the Guggenheim decided that, you know, they couldn't really store it or do anything with it. So then they put it up for auction in 2011, August 2011. And I went to the auction, and that was when an M1, you know, the most an M1 had ever made was sort of 200 grandish, you know. And they were just starting to climb up. You know, just starting to move. So I went to the auction, and you know, I thought, oh God, you know, if I can, if I can buy this car, and I got, I got carried away a bit with auction fever, and uh, I didn't buy it. I was the underbidder, and it was me and somebody else, and a guy bought it for eight hundred and fifty-seven grand, and I was like, oh my God, you know that that relief of not being the buyer. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have to write that check. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and, yeah. And, and also that oh. You know, like, yeah. you know, that, that. so eventually I found out who bought it, and it was a big banker in New York. There was, no, I couldn't have won. I, he was, yeah. bu- he was buying the car. He was on the board of the Whitney. He was on the, he'd been on the board of the Met. He, you know, this guy was a powerful player. But I stayed in touch with him, and and believe it or not, he only kept it a, a couple of years, and then I got the phone call, and um, he was said, uh, you know, I'm ready to sell it, Pete, and. I said, okay, do I need to sit down? And he said, he <laughs> said waiting, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, yes. Actually, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great story on a guy being nice to someone he really didn't know, though. Here's the guy we've never met, still have never met. He phones me up. He knew I was interested in the car. He tells me what he wants for it. I sit down and sink in my seat. And I said, John, I can get you the money, but I really, really would like a bit of time. And he said, how long do you want? And I said, six months. He went, you got it. It was that quick. 
And it's a guy I've never met in my life. And of course, I paid him in the six months and he honoured the deal. He never offered it to anyone else. He never, you know, which there's some nice people in the world. And BMW know? does consider it one of the art cars. Like it's it's on. Mm, it's not a factory art car. It's not a factory no, art car. No, no, it's But it's, not. it's still a thorn in their side that they don't you own got it. it, is what you I was got okay, it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. You got it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be very careful. A lot of people call it like they think it's a factory one. And I'm very careful to say it's not. It's not. But... It's also, it's quite funny because the, the, the provenance of the car means that because of Peter Gregg dying so early, the car was never raced. So all the pro cars out there, the 54 race cars, most of them were pro cars, but they all raced in different series. Some were in the world championship. Um, all of them, and nothing wrong with it, like my BASF car, my BASF car was badly damaged throughout its life. They all were. But there's only... There's purported to be one other pro car in the world that was never, ever used. But this also is a car that's never, ever been used, never, ever been damaged, never, never done anything. So yeah. the art cars did race. Even, even, yeah. even like I mean, even though you yeah. have these incredible paint jobs on them, they yeah. did race. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Well, yeah. that's the great thing about the Warhol car is that. I was so, just going to say. Yeah, the, um, well, it makes me laugh when BMW go, you know, totally original what Warhol did. You can see Warhol painting it when it was new. You can pull it up on YouTube. Yeah. Right. But then do yourself a favor. Look at the end of the Le Mans race and look at the car, right? And it looks like it's been hit with a truck of rocks, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Andy, could you come back in and <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. do some yeah. Yeah. Touch up, yeah. You know how much chance they had yeah, of Andy exactly, coming yeah. back in. Well, actually, that car has been damaged quite badly once, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's a race car, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, it wasn't damaged racing, but um, so this car sits there, and and you know, I, I it's funny I, if you know what a 507 is. I've been offered a couple of times actually, uh, you know, if I trade it for a 507. Oh, the BMW, yeah, yeah. yeah. Elvis um, owned one of those, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I. I, I I just, I could never replace this car. There's sure. nothing, there's only one car in the world sits alongside theirs. There's only one car in all the books on them. There's only one car. That's it. It's the pinnacle of my collection. Yeah. If I, I love art, I love cars, I love BMWs, motorsport. What else is there? What else can I replace that car with? Didn't you tell me one time that it was valued in the fact that the art was worth something, but the car, car wasn't necessarily worth Well, they go in 99 when the Guggenheim valued it. And obviously, it's for insurance purposes. Absolutely. Understand yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it, so it's inflated. The Guggenheim valued the artwork at 2.1 mil. <laughs> and the car was worth nothing to them. You know, yeah. I mean, that car The easel that it's painted on <laughs> is fine. We'll <laughs> take that too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So that's what they valued the artwork at. And yeah. actually... Um, Frank Stella's having a big renaissance now because the Whitney built a new gallery in New York and there they opened it, which is a, uh, with Frank Stella. That's how they opened the new wow. brand new Whitney Museum. Wow. So he's, he's now having a second life. I mean, he, he's getting on a bit now. But and you, you own one of the, the original streetcars as well, do you not? Three. Three. Okay, yeah. you own three of the... I, I think I've only seen one of them. Sorry. Yeah. But okay, so uh, that's what I meant to say. You own three of the... Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, you've seen... You probably... Well, no, I've, I, I've got a black one. Yeah, I've seen the black one. Yeah. I've got a blue one. You've seen the blue one. Okay. Yeah, but you might have thought it was the black one. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. say. Yeah, black and blue, got it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And an orange one. Okay. And you've seen oh, the, the orange one. the orange one. one. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I have. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do that. But that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I mean, uh, you know, it's again, it's, it's Seattle. It's like you, like, like you were saying, <laughs> you have the race car and then you have the street car. So well, the street cars is the blue one that's the important one. Okay. So the blue one was, um, and if, if your listeners, Evan, if they're into BMWs, they'll know who Johnny Chicotto is. Johnny Chicotto was, a, 
you know, a really famous BMW works driver. So famous that they actually named the car after him. One of the Evolution E30s is called a Chicago. Oh. Okay, so Johnny uh, was a great driver. Now, Johnny in May 81 got a brand new blue M1. He kept it for 31 years and in September 2012 sold it to me with 8,000 miles never been touched never been taken apart never nothing i mean totally original and only ever serviced once by a bmw dealer not not serviced much but serviced every other time by bmw okay. in this car so i mean works drivers don't cars are commodities they don't keep cars for yeah. long he kept it for 31 years he only sold it to finance the racing of his son young johnny chicago who's racing there and actually raced in the lamborghini series here uh, this year oh. and we'll be racing again for Lamborghini in Europe next year um, so doing that so to finance that so that blue street car is the street car that will sit next to that pro car art car you know so wow. and doing that and I've done the same with the M's the the the, the, beast, the Alpina B7S Turbo that I talked about earlier I have one of the John Player special factory race cars from Australia and New Zealand now there's only one car I'd want in front of that JPS car, and that's one of the factory parts cars, so they look like they've got all parts of cars on them. But at the moment, the JPS will do. That'll do. That'll, <laughs> that'll, do, that'll, do, that'll, that'll do. That'll do next to it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and because we're in the Pacific Northwest, I keep bringing that back. I mean, LeMay has had a display going on for yeah. six, seven months now. The Heroes May. Of Bav- yeah, from May. Since May. Heroes yeah. of Bavaria. Bavaria. Yeah. Um, our good friend Christian Wells has, has taken us down there and shown us. In fact, we were there at the opening when you were emceeing and, and yeah, interviewing. Yeah, really cool. I know. I mean, <laughs> some of the, the... If you haven't gone down and seen this display, it's incredible because it's everything from the most modern M6 race car that looks like it rolled fr- from the track, which it did. Yep. They won, and it's and they rolled it into LeMay. Like, it's never been cleaned to yeah. even one of your race cars, the uh, the Diet Coke car, as I call it. Yeah, the That's Diet it. Coke car. Well, the Diet Coke car, well, actually, they got three of my race cars. So they got um, the Diet Coke car is a fun story. That's a car, another one that, that came to me. I didn't go looking for it. A guy in Australia called me up and said, uh, Pete, you need to own this car. It came... It's a 94 car. It came second in the... Everybody's calling you. This this phone yeah. call thing needs to catch on. Just yeah. call somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, in uh, 1995, it comes second in the Australian Championship, driven by Jeff Brabham, Jack Brabham's son. And um, that's how the car was sold to me. And a chassis 113. And when I called up m- my contacts in BMW, they went, yeah, it weren't a new car when we sent it to Australia. So I was like... Okay, what was it? They said, oh yeah, in 94 we used it in the British Touring Car Championship. And so it was a, it was a schnitzer car. Okay. And the schnitzer history is much more important than the history that I bought it with. <laughs> but the guy selling it had no idea. As far as he was concerned, it was a new car when it was delivered to Australia. And it, it's not unusual for manufacturers to actually use a car for a year and then send it to the championship out there. But it was uh, it was a, a, obviously a factory race car out there as well. But it was a schnitzer car in the British Touring Car Championship in 94. Wow. So that does that. But they've also got the um, rally car and uh, the JPS car that I, that I just mentioned. Yeah. But the rally car is, uh, to me, is really, it's the only CSL factory rally car ever made. Missing for 40 years. It raced... It down the 1972 Munich, uh, uh, 1972, uh, yeah, the Olympic Rally, 
which was 3,371 kilometers all around Germany, okay. uh, driven right around our Altenon. And then um, the car done four rallies for BMW in 72. Then Nearspack started motorsport, and he wasn't interested in rallying, he just wanted a race. So they sold it to a team called Kopchen. Kopchen raced it twice at Hockenheim in 73. Then the car went missing off the face of the earth. Nobody knew where it went. And in about 2013, I got a call from a guy on the East Coast and he said, if you're in Philadelphia, Pete, can you look at... A buddy of mine's got a BMW race car. He wants to know what it is. Yeah. And I go and look at this old red piece of crap looking race car and i just something said it was right but i I went to my contacts and they said no it's an early car it's a very early csl but we don't know what it is and then a week later a buddy in england called me and went pete you've just found the olympic rally car everybody's (laughs) been looking for it everybody and um bmw must love you because every time you call them they're like I found a car. Oh, did you? One <laughs> we wanted to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 another one with that story. So it takes me three years to get it off the guy. Okay. The guy's going to do nothing with it. The car's in a bad way. Um, I get it off the guy. I get it in my warehouse. It takes me 10 minutes to rub the paint down, find the original paint, air it left the... F- the orange it left the factory in, the blue and white it raced in. It was all there. Because no painter ever... Stri- uh, no racer ever stripped a car. No, yeah, yeah over it. it. Yep. Yeah, just paint over yep. it. Right? So that was... It arrived at my warehouse in the March. I went to Germany in the May, and I was having lunch with the BMW Classic guys, and we was driving to lunch... And I said to Klaus, who was driving the car, I went, Klaus, by the way, I found the Olympic rally car. And he literally said, he called me a name, and he said, <laughs> he said, he said, we knew it was red, we knew it was in America, but we couldn't find it. And, and, and that was it. it. The guy took it out for the 20-year motorsport anniversary, and he just happened to have it there. And BMW saw the pictures, and even though it was in red, they recognised what it was. But they never could, they never could and, identify it. And does anybody know what happened to it during that time? I no. mean, it ended up here somehow. Well, no. One, the guy in Philadelphia had it for twenty-five years. Oh, okay. And this was, uh, you know, hopefully I'm pretty much betting he's not going to listen to your podcast. Yeah. But this was a guy who lived with, you know, that story of he had a Ferrari Lusso, Ferrari Dino, all in a bad way. He obviously had a lot of money many years before but he lived in a house with a tree growing through it 10 cats no family no nothing it was that hermit type thing and um i got it off him and but he was such a he was such a i'm not i'm saying this facetiously he was such a nice guy that so i get a truck <laughs> i get, I get wink a, wink yeah yeah, no, yeah exactly i get a truck to go to philadelphia to pick the car up so it's a, obviously a semi so the guy they can't get a semi down his street so he agrees he's going to drop it at the local gas station for me he gets a pick he, he gets drops it there semi driver calls me says peter i can't pick the car up the steering's locked this is steering it, it's you it, can't undo the steering lock so i called the guy up and said to the guy uh frank you know it, it, steering's locked he said yeah i know so i said well you put it in the gas station now. They won't put it on the truck because the steering's locked. He went, it's your car now in Philadelphia. Here's your car. No yeah. keys. Have yeah. a nice day. Yeah. No, no. It had a key, but the steering was locked. It, it How did he get it there? He, he, they dragged it onto the... Oh, okay. So I right. dragged okay. it on and, and rolled it off, and that was it, you know? And um, there's some great people in the world, and there's some 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, and some he, other people. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine how many phone calls I had to make trying to, uh, the car sitting in a gas station in Philadelphia. Yeah. Know, just, uh, anyway, but that's one of the prizes of my collection because finding it, researching it, restoring it, everything. There was no, you know, nobody did it and sold it to me. This was yeah. a car that I researched. And I've spoken to probably now 15 other so-called BMW experts. Oh, I saw that car in Philadelphia, but not one of them knew what it was. Knew what it was. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, that. and then the JPS car is the, you know, the, the old black and gold, you know, from the cigarettes. I love the cigarette advertising. I love yeah. that car. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. cigarette advertising was kind of the golden age of racing as far as paint and everything else. Back it when was. cigarettes were healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. And you could smoke and be I pregnant. Just, you know, I it was. back to Senna's Marlboro car. And all Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, the, the Levi Cow car, the, you know, the Levi CSL I got, which was the first CSL to go to the racetrack, that car was actually the Levi car in 75 when it won the championship. The Marlboro car in 74, if I'd have restored it, I'd have restored it to Marlboro. Uh, Marlboro. Yeah, I would <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't win the championship as a Marlboro car. It was a Canon copier car in '73, and it raced in orange in '72 when it first raced because that's how it left the factory. And it was just who sponsored it that year, you know? Yeah, exactly. That. And it and it, it it quite often I'll get and ask the question, and people will go, hey, Pete, do you know where this CSL has gone? And I go, Yeah, I know where it is, but it doesn't look like that anymore because <laughs> yeah. if you're looking for the Marlboro car or the Canon copier car, guess what? It's in my garage, but yeah. it don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. So. so BMW just calls you now. Like, right. Where's this car, no, Peter? No, uh, no, they don't. No, yeah. they've, got, <laughs> they've got their own sources, but they're they're you know they're funny with their history. They're they're. I've had to research so much that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't. It's there. They've got it, but they haven't gone down in their paperwork and electronically converted it. Yeah. So the, the 2002 Turbo chassis number one. Okay, what colour it left? 99, which means special colour in BMW language. Okay, so special colour. Well, they're all white and silver. So, well, they're not. There's five other cars in in uh, five colours. Um, so what colour did it leave if, it, if it's special colour? No, we don't know. So I said, guys, you must know. It was your first yeah. ever car. <laughs> you painted it, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we don't know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, they really don't know. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, so it was only in the restoration that, you know, obviously, when you take the windows out and everything, yeah, you, you get it. Checking yeah. in yeah. there, yeah. yeah. And it was white. I was hoping it was another colour. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> oh, it's green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a special but white. It yeah. doesn't, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, but that's that. That's fun. That car actually has just been, the restoration has just been finished at Racecraft uh, around the corner. Oh. And um, <laughs> I... Uh, I'm so far underwater on that car, it's a joke, <laughs> because it's the first car, so I've been saving every piece of metal I can, saving everything. You know? Right. So You do what you oh, can. It'll be yeah. worth it. Yeah, all the story, you'll have one amazing story again. Yeah. All the pieces that go with it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you, um, one of the other cars you have, the BMWs, is the Jägermeister car. No. You know? I thought no. I saw a photo of a black one. No, you you got it. So the, there's a Jägermeister body in my shot That's hanging on the wall. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. so I have the uh, schnitzer car that Jackie X won Coupe de Spa in in 72. But when I found it, it was in Germany in Jägermeister Group 5 body. So, which is wrong, it should be a Group 2 car. So, 
to restore it, I just well, cut you off would everything. know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. so we just cut off the fenders and took the and the the trunk and the hood were were fiberglass in the Jägermaster thing. So took them off. So I've just hung all that on the wall in the shape of a car. You know, that so works. doing that. But so that's it. Yeah. So, so that's it. But okay, yeah. that makes sense. That's but that's been restored. That's one of them. I got a friend restoring it in the UK, who I really trust. And seven years later, I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's definitely not driving it around. Um, <laughs> no, no, he yeah. can't. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's in a way. Yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, you, and, you're, you, and you don't just collect BMW cars. You, the memorabilia. I mean, everything I from the little the cars to the, yeah. to the jackets, the flags, to the yeah. to the body pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I um, if it connects to so. It, 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 any of the race cars, or even the street cars, but mainly the race cars, I will contact the drivers. It's that thing of picking up the phone yeah. or email. I, you know, Rene Altenon, who drove the rally car in 72, drove the car once. I've now, I found him on Facebook. I wrote to him and said, Rene, if you have anything to do with that race or that car, I'll happily buy it off you. And I do that with all the cars. So I'm always researching, always looking for more information. Always, And I love it. It's nice to tie it all together. You know? Sure. And uh, it's funny, Johnny Tricotto sent me one of his race suits, his racing shoes, uh, and that, you know, most people would be scared to call these people up, and I'm just like, yeah, no, They're go for it. normal people. Yeah, it's amazing it. what you can find on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Best research tool. Well, you, I, the sort of first CSL to ever go to a racetrack, Zanfalt in Holland, it didn't race because the scrutineer sent it home, but it was my car. So one day on Facebook, I wrote to all the Dutch guys and said... Look, guys, I know there's no chance, it's slim chance of this, because the car went in April 72 to Zanfalt, and then the scrutineer sent it home. But does anybody have a picture of it in the car park doing nothing or in the distance or whatever? Here's the car it is. The next day I got a picture, of, and the guy went, here it is, Peter, outside the scrutineer's office where it, they stopped it right. I mean... <laughs> ask and you shall receive yeah, yeah. exactly sometimes yeah. you can get some great stuff sure. if you just ask yeah. well, on your music evolution guys. page I was yeah. going to say people respond in comments with photos of your cars when you yeah. post a photo of the car that all of a sudden he's like oh I have this photo from this cut out of this newspaper exactly. I've saved for 50 years I'm like what yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> just had to look through 50 fine. boxes but I yeah. found it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 no so it's cool. not well I got a, 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 the funniest one was the rally car a guy sent me a German sent me a picture he said, I was at the rally. He said, I was 12 years old. He said, and he apologized because there was a policeman standing in the way of the picture. He said, sorry, I was only 12 years old. I couldn't ask the policeman. The <laughs> police <move>. always <laughs> getting in the way, <laughs> ruining photos for future. So it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, no, but no, it is. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Social media now, you can find so yeah. much. So, um, More uh, than you want. On the, speaking of the True last, enough. Yeah. <laughs> the last LeMay event we were at, uh, not the not the opener for the, the German show, but the, the fundraiser for LeMay, we were all there, and Dale Chihuly was there. Right. And you have a car that he's done, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a Ferrari 355 that he's done challenge. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he, he painted... He, Dale did not want to paint that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, myself and another guy did him a favor... And um, part of the deal was that he was going to paint that car. That was his car. 
That 355 Challenge was Dale's car. Now, don't ask me how often Dale actually got in it and drove it. When he uh, says, you know, Dale owed us a favor, I feel like he's like going to find Dale's other eye kind of thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I got, I, you give me the car, yeah, yeah, I find you. you know. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It's good yeah. old fashioned. Yeah. yeah. I told you about where I grew up. Yeah, exactly. I? That's when you say <laughs> it, it sounds so much different. A favor. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a favor. Yeah. yeah you scratch sure. my back. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, he did that. But a wonderful thing about it was that about five years before, I'd been there and I got the, I got to know Dow as much as you do. You know, he has his handlers around him and, yeah. and things like that. And um, I'd bought a black, one of his big black vases, you know, and, you know, it sits pride of place in the home and never ever mentioned it again. I never mentioned it again. And eventually when he painted the car, it's the same design as the black vase. I mean, he must have gone back in his records and <laughs> looked and gone and did that. I mean, just... His, his records must be amazing. You know? So did you, you did you buy the car and then he painted it or he no, painted? Okay. No, he painted the car came as part Paint. of the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're uh, we're coming up on our next break, uh, so let's take a quick one and then we come back. We'll talk out with one more of your favorites. We'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. And we're back. We're back. Yeah. It's like we were never gone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... Uh, we were just talking on the break. It's not all about BMWs. As we mentioned with the uh, the muscle cars and the Ferrari, I mean, you've got actually a pretty extensive collection beyond that. The E-Type, the Aston. The yeah, yeah. I, I think it's one of the great surprises of a lot of people who come in there because, you know, BMW history is really important to me. And I, I do, you know, I could bore the pants off anyone about BMWs. Not us. But, but yeah. Not us. No, but <laughs> I've the, learned so much today. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> right. And, you know, there's... Like, but no, there's... When they walk in, they go, wow, I didn't realize you had other stuff as well. And, um, you know, see, in looking at it, and, you know, I've owned cars from 1911 to today. I actually, uh, you know, going right the way through. Uh, previously, you know, at one stage, I was actually very much buying a few pre-war cars. I thought that was kind of fun when I first moved there. Uh, and I should have mentioned that earlier when you asked, sorry, last week. That's okay, <laughs> last week, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you asked Nick. You know. Stop uh, ruining the illusion. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called marriage. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Oh, that's, we just lost half the listeners. Well, that's okay, yeah. <laughs> They'll come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. doing that. No, and, um, I, you know, it, it, there definitely is other stuff there. There's some... Odds, odds and sods that surprise people when they walk around. The but one we were talking about on the break was the uh, Isotta. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Isotta Frischini. Yeah. Or actually, in it- Italian, it's Isotta. Yeah. Isotta. So they, they pronounce it like it's an E, but it's an I. It's spelled with an I. But uh, Isotta Frischini's in the day were like just... I mean, this car was north of $20,000 in 1928. <sighs> I mean, think about that. Wow. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know very little about it, so I've, I've seen photos. But yeah, I've yeah. seen the photos, and that's it, and I saw the story, which yeah. is a really interesting story. I, I quickly yeah. read on Munich Evolution. But yeah, the, the, um, well, it was, a, it was a, the first owner owned the car for 39 years, 
the second owner on the car for 47 years. So when I bought it, it was a two-owner car from 1928. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, I mean, it, think about that. And the, the second owner had the restoration done. Uh, the, the, sadly, the husband wasn't alive anymore. But the wife that I bought it off, a lovely lady in Gross Point, Michigan, she uh, she said, I can only find 450 grand's worth of invoices of on that they'd spent on the restoration. Only? Only. only. Yeah, she okay. said, I, I, it, doing that. I know we paid more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Um, but the car, the cars, mate. I mean, it truly is a stately thing. You, you can, you know, the wife. Can, you can be driving. The wife can sit in the back, and there's eight buttons in the back, and you know, like the submarine periscope things that says fast, slow, yes. stop, and all that. It's actually got that on the dash, and it says fast, slow, left, right, go home. Oh, the people in the back can yeah, signal yeah. the driver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, I said to the wife, I'm going to put one in the front that tells her where to get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you sleep in your garage a lot, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of comfortable cars. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah no. Um, but no, just a, a, um, the craftsmanship and everything in it. But sadly, it got, it got invited in 2017 to Pebble Beach. There was 204 cars on the Pebble Beach tour. And one car blew its engine, and that was me. And, you know, oh. the, the hope and pray for a head gasket was not realised. In fact, when we started taking the car apart, the it, it, whoever did the restoration, and I won't name him here, the they uh, epoxied up the head and all that. So I've had to send the head away and had it, you know, taken up to extreme temperatures and down and up and down and uh, the amount of welding that's been in this to rebuild the head. It's actually the the first production straight eight engine, and the um, the it's two four cylinder heads, and they didn't even meet properly. So when it when it blew up, I kind of blamed myself for my driving, and then when the mechanic took it apart, he went, Pete, no, nobody could have driven this car more than fifty miles, and of course it had only been on the show circuit, so it hadn't been driven more than fifty miles. Right. So it was always going to blow up. But no, it's it's a piece of. At least of fun. it blew up you, and you're enjoying it. That's yeah, the important. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's exactly. The, so we yeah. towed it onto the lawn on Saturday night. I called up the Pebble Beach people and said, "Look, what do you want to do?" Yeah. The car won't I drive. tried. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, the you know after spending months of cleaning every little detail, you know, like you do for right. Pebble Beach, yeah. you know, and um, the uh, they said, "No, no, Pete, we want it on the lawn," and. One of the things is you can't reshow a car again for 10 years or unless yeah. it's with a new owner or had a significant uh, new restoration. But they said, no, just put it on the lawn, Pete, show it. You can bring it back whenever you want. And in fact, every year, this year, they've just asked me again, Pete, will it be ready for next yeah. year? Because uh, they take it there. And I will take it back again just as soon as it's ready. But, but to be clear, it, it blew up on, as you were on the tour driving down, correct? No, on the t- on the Thursday tour. On the Thursday tour. Oh, okay, Thursday okay, tour. okay. Yeah, I still. so... Doing wow. that. Yeah, I apologise if I yeah. missed it. No, no, no. I, I was going to ask about that because for our listeners who don't know, you do get more points for doing the the drive down, right? You don't get more points, but what happens is if you if you end up ju- tied with someone and you drove and they didn't, that's ah, a decider. Okay. And a lot of people don't know that the Pebble Beach tour starts from here every year. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, Caroline <laughs> Point, which right? is weird. No, it used to. Now, it, well, it does start from Caroline Point. You actually 
right, but the um, the gathering the day before is at uh, the firehouse. And, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Thing. And then it does start. You're quite right. It starts from Caroline Point. The right? hidden firehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hidden in plain sight, but yeah. 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 no one would ever know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it's incredible to see. I'm, I it is. We're very lucky with yeah. that. And Al McEwen has done that. And Al's like 82, 83 now. I actually toured the East Coast with Al last year, me and Al, and some of your listeners have now heard me talk, and one of the, we spent 10 days on the East Coast going to see different car people, and mainly about the histories of his sort of machines, because as you've learned, I love history, and um, <laughs> as we got the rental car on the first day, we was in uh, Baltimore, uh, we got in the rental car, and I went to turn the radio on, and I said, Al, what do you like, what music, what radio, and he went, Pete, we won't need that. And for 10 days, we never needed the radio between the two of us. Ah, okay. Fair enough, yeah. So, we'll create our own entertainment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Incredible. That Incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you said you, you love art, you love cars. And so you have the Chihuly car, you have the M1 car. Do you have any other art cars? Or yeah, art, art I have, um, I have uh, in Genoa, at the Motor Fair in Genoa, they painted a 3.3 Li. That was that's the BMW stretch sedan from the mid-70s. They, first off, that car was never available in America. So you guys had the Bavaria, but this was the luxurious uh, version and long wheelbase version of okay. the Bavaria. Um, and so in 75, it would have been most BMW's most expensive car. Uh, at the Genoa Motor Fair, they got Dexter Brown, a great English artist, to paint it. He'd only ever painted a Formula One car before for Force India. Um, so I have that. As I said, if I'm going to have one sedan, in the collection have the one that's painted by an artist absolutely right, yeah. yes absolutely. and then i have uh and this is a strange one i have a ford flex uh, this is the one <laughs> i was oh, yeah. this is where <laughs> i was going <laughs> with this yeah okay. so the when the ford flex came out uh ford and automobile magazine got together and got an artist called lee quinonis who's a graffiti artist mm -hmm. from the 70s he's known as the granddaddy of graffiti they got lee to paint a crossover and he painted this Ford Flex from front to back, uh, all, all the way. And he did one side is is uh, uh, Debbie Harry, the Roxy CBGBs, which were two great clubs in the 70s. And on the other side is the Brooklyn Bridge and the New York Subway. But just as he was painting it, the recession came along. So he'd done a Wall Street banker being run over by yellow cabs because everybody <laughs> hated <laughs> Everybody hated it. <laughs> a positive message. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Even the tires are graffiti. The tread on the tires are graffiti. I mean, it's just, it's all, I mean, it's a Ford Flex. You look like sure. a gangbanger when you're driving it down the road. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it still, it still stands out. I mean, yeah. from other, for other Ford Flexes. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you so that. it yeah. connects in that art and, and car thing is, I always say that there's tens of thousands of cars that have been painted. No disrespect to anyone, but normally it devalues the car. You know, someone yeah, puts exactly. that they're doing a thing up. So it has to be like a world-class artist, or it has to be you know manufacturer involved or something like that. You can't, yeah. you can't just and and the true art cars is there's there's the factory art cars and that one Frank Stella. I classy dip my BMW. It's got to be worth something, right? right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's worth something. Nick. It's, it's worth something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, it can be worth below zero. <laughs> Absolutely. Not at all. Absolutely. Not at all. How much does Plasti Dip go for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Pretty yeah. much. All right. 
Well, Peter, I really thank you for coming in and sharing your stories. This has been incredible. I've learned no, so much. Yeah, hey, thank I could you, guys. Listen to you for hours on yeah. this stuff. I love it. Uh, I mean, very a- hours is a stretch. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, no, you know, yeah, no, minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, minutes. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, I, toleration is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you for coming in and, and doing two episodes with us. We really appreciate it and thank sharing you guys. sharing your passion and thank you for sharing your your cars with the Pacific Northwest at Exotics and all that. So lovely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm uh, episode sixty, which we episode forgot to say that. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for yeah fifty nine point two. 59.2 technically or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know who it is. But for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.